Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Joining us now on the phone lines here, kicking off hour number three of Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920 is good friend Eric Edholm from NFL.com. And Eric, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you. And I, I noticed the piece that you have put out about uh, AFC non-quarterback MVPs, and you've put out one for the NFC as well. But of course, we're focusing in on the Raiders, so I'm focusing on the AFC side of things. Before I get into the selection that you have for the Raiders, is there going to be a chance that we actually get to see a non-quarterback MVP anytime? Time soon since there hasn't been one since like 2012. Yeah, yeah, I, I would love to see it. Well, that was Adrian Peterson, if I recall, yeah. right? Yep, yeah, sure I mean, was. Obviously, the the league has gone in a direction where not only is passing, you know, the the the, the preferred method of travel, but um, you know, it's also the fact that you know that we were in kind of a star era here, where I would say the quarterback talent is you know is as good as it's ever been, and we have enough you know, big name quarterback, star, star passers who, who, who fit the bill. I, I do think there is a chance that, 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 that voters are open to a non quarterback in the next couple of years. I don't know if it happens this season. I mean, last year, Justin Jefferson made a strong case, yeah. I think with how he played not to take anything away from Kirk cousins. I know he gets beaten up pl- plenty by other people, but you know what he was able to do with, you know, kind of a fading at Adam Thielen and, uh, you know, diminishing returns in other spots too. And, and a defense that, that wasn't stopping a lot of people was, was incredible. So, you know, is it, is it going to happen in the next two or three years guaranteed? Probably not. But uh, I think there's a good chance, especially if there is that one kind of transcendent season by a receiver or a running back, I think that's the most likely, you know, even Travis Kelsey made a strong case last year. The problem is he plays with Mahomes, so right. you're going to run in these situations <laughs> so often, I think. Yeah, no, that's a big problem for anyone who plays with Mahomes because Mahomes is still Mahomes. <laughs> so he's right. he's going to get all that attention. And to take it a step further, how about a defensive player as the MVP? Even though there's plenty that I think are worthy of that position, the chances are just so unlikely that somebody gets that. It would take a special statistical season, you know, one. And, and if there's a guy who can do it, no, you know, no uh, offense to, to Aaron Donald. I think he probably need to break the sack record to do it. I mean, you know what I mean? Just because yeah. I think it's Micah Parsons. If there's a guy playing right now, because mm-hmm. and maybe TJ Watt, but you know, you'd have to have somebody have three interceptions, double digit sacks, you know, an absurd number of, 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 Force fumbles or recoveries, probably multiple touchdowns scored. It just takes, you know, or or just big, big moments in crucial games, you know, a, a safety in the fourth quarter against the Eagles, what have you. I mean, the, those are the kind of, you know, it's got to be a big team that people watch and know the player. And not to say that, that the people voting on the award aren't aren't tuned into the the, you know, the the lesser known names on a national scale, but just the fact that it becomes a popularity contest right. and it becomes, you know, it ends up being a quarterback contest, but yeah, I think Parsons has a chance. I do worry that they'll be using them in such a way that, uh, you know, makes maybe takes them out of a position to make some plays, but yeah, yeah I'm with you. I think it's going to be an extreme long shot for the most part, you know, and as far as even defensive player of the year, I always say that, yeah, I mean, they can have all the stats. They can have a big monster season where everyone's talking about them, but ultimately their team has to win as well. Just like Nick Bosa did yep. with the 49ers. So that's another area of it. Like winning does matter in this, in this conversation. 
I think it does. And I think it probably takes kind of a watered down year at quarterback or, or injuries, mm-hmm. you know, like if Mahomes were to miss three or four games and Justin Herbert missed a spell and, you know, name any other big name, Bur- Burrow obviously has been, uh, you know, pretty healthy other than the ACL. But I mean, you know, it, it would probably take injuries to two or two or three of the top candidates and, or star players not having great seasons at the quarterback position. But I think you're right. Winning is, is going to, going to factor in as well. And, you know, what helps Parsons too, is that he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Right. I mean, like, you know, yep. they're just a, they're a brand. And I think, you know, the, the, it, the stars really do have to line up. And, and I think you're right that the team element can't be ignored. Talking all things, non quarterback MVPs right now <laughs> with Eric Edholm from NFL.com. So getting down to the Raiders and getting down to the selection that you had, and you had a couple different options, but you ultimately went with Max Crosby. And I don't think anyone in Raider nation would have any complaint about that. Max is fantastic, but how amazing has his journey been from a fourth round pick from a guy that was told he just needs to get into the weight room and maybe he'll have a, a role on the team to being the yeah. face of the franchise as he is right now. Yeah, yeah. Let me unpack a few things uh, about this. First of all, just the, the the assignment in general. I'd like to to thank all my readers out there because this is the first sort of big all encompassing story uh, story I've written where I, you know I kind of go through all thirty two teams mm-hmm. and you know pick you know listicles we call them whatever. But I think it's the first one where I haven't gotten an onslaught of complaints. So <laughs> my goodness, I don't know what's that's happening. That's a win, Eric. That's a win. <laughs> That's a, that's a, that's a huge W. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's the summer breeze, people enjoying happy hours more often. I don't know, but, uh, you're right. I did, I did consider guys like Josh Jacobs considering the outsized role he played last year or Devonte Adams and what he means to, to the team. I mean, there are other good candidates, but you know, back to your Crosby question. Yes. It's been remarkable. I watched him in college and thought, yeah, this will be a fun pass rush specialist. You know, mm-hmm. this will be a guy that you bring in as your, your energy guy, your third down rusher, you know, he'll, he'll set a tone in the room, but did I have any expectations? He could ever be more than an eight sack guy in the NFL or, you know, or anything more than a above average starter. I don't think so. Not, I mean, again, what the NFL scouts do and what I do are very different things in some cases, but uh, you know, I, I saw enough of them. You, you don't find too many bigger Mac fans than, than I, I'm a Midwest guy anyway, nice. but I just didn't, I don't know. I didn't think he'd be that good. And his football instincts are so underrated too. I mean, I think we kind of saw him as this sort of a bull in a China shop early on. Like here's this guy just rushing with his hair on fire and, you know, but he, that's not really it. I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I see a guy who has incredible reaction skills and, and takes great angles to the ball and somehow seems to get faster. The closer he gets to the quarterback, yeah, his, yeah. his closing speed is really like, other than, you know, Nick Bosa and one or two others, I can't think of guys who, who finish the way he does. So he's special and I hope Raiders fans enjoy him because he's, he's, he's been terrific, whether there's been someone great opposite him or not. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. Again, Eric Edholm from NFL.com is our guest here talking all things non-quarterback MVPs for the AFC. And we're talking about Max Crosby. And I've been talking a lot about him lately. And what's next? Because he is one of those guys that's told me many times, I continue to grind. I continue to work every single offseason. I want to continue to better myself. I've seen him get better at the rush, you know, stopping the rush. I've seen him get better at, at getting to the quarterback. Like he continues to add new tools to his tool belt. So Eric, I ask you, what do you think Max needs to do best, better? 
better to not necessarily be the MVP of the league, but maybe be in the running for the defensive player MVP? Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question. Obviously, you've seen a guy who's played, what, every game since he's been in the NFL. Yep. Um, you know, I know he had a I think he had a couple seasons there where he didn't force fumbles. But last year, I, I think he had a, a slew of them. Mm-hmm. His rookie year, he had some as well. So there aren't too many holes in his game. I think you're right to mention the run defense part, you know, just string plays out, you know, even taking stalemates to let other t- people kind of clean up the plays, even if the you know, the Raiders linebackers have been a, a kind of a mixed bag. I mean, he knows on some level he's got to play his role. I remember a conversation I had with J.J. Watt years ago. It was, it was a great talk about, and I basically asked him a very similar question, basically saying he was just coming into his own as a, as a, as a terrific defender. And I said, how do, you, how do you add tools to your toolbox? You've already got so many, right? And he basically said, I make a list of – Every negative play that I had, anything the coaches would grade as a zero or a negative, you know, mm-hmm. from the season before and just watch them until I get ill. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the exact phrase, but yeah. that was basically it. And I think I think they're wired the same way. And I think that's probably going to be the biggest thing, stuff that may, we may miss on 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 tape. He's going to say, you know what? I got lucky there or. I made the play, but it, I, I missed an assignment or I didn't have the right leverage on that play. And, you know, I could do that better. And I mean, I suppose he could get a little stronger, a, a little thicker. Um, but so far, I mean, his career has been just off the charts, I think. Yeah, no, it really has. And again, I'm excited what he can do this upcoming year. I know, uh, you know, he sat down, he's done some film study. He's talked about, you know, having more goals for this upcoming season. So I'm excited just to see what those type of goals are and, and how he plays this upcoming year. And Eric, the one thing I've always stressed is he does this and has really no help. Right. I mean, the, yeah, I the Raiders went out and they made an effort this offseason. They drafted six guys on defense. They added guys in free agency. Maybe Chandler Jones steps up and plays a little bit better than he did in 2022. But their number seven overall pick was Tyree Wilson, who's a guy who's supposed to be able to help out as well. If he gets some help, interior, linebacker, secondary, it all goes together. How, 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 how big of a season could he potentially have with help? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Then, then, you know, you can start asking him to do a little bit more occasionally drop in coverage or, you know, just sort of have different looks. If you have that surrounding cast and, and you're right. I mean, Chandler Jones was a disappointment last year. I think he, you know, it's hard to know that there'll be some career revival, but we've seen it. Robert Quinn is a good example of a guy who was, you know, almost cut by the bears. The next year he has 18 sacks, so it can happen. Right. But you're absolutely right about the fact that, you know, even though they've, previously added players to that defensive front. They haven't had the impact that's needed. And and Wilson's obviously a big one. And, you know, he uh, scouts were all over him before last season, but he clearly had an NFL body. You could see the upside, you know, ripping through double teams and, and just seeing the, the flash plays that made you just, you know, your, your jaw drop. But uh, obviously the injury and the fact that, you know, he hasn't, sort of played a lot of football in the last six, eight months may hold him back initially. Don't judge him based on what you see early on. It could be the kind of deal where, you know, he's playing a a small role early and kind of getting his feet underneath him and and getting his conditioning back and things like that. But eventually I think he's going to be a monster. I really liked him when I watched him. There's, there's still some refinement to his game that's needed, Mm -hmm. but 
you know, and we'll see with, with some of the other additions. And, you know, I, I understand why they, they took a flyer on a guy like Jerry Tillery and, you know, and I, and Bilal Nichols is somebody who, who flashed a little bit in Chicago. And, you know, I mean, there's, you know, there are a few other guys that, that, that kind of fit the, the work like role that, you know, that for instance, with Josh McDaniels saw in new England, a lot, a lot of guys playing those 15 to 20 snap type roles, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really going to come down to Wilson and Jones and how that edge pressure kind of, you know, sets the tone a little bit. Right. Well, I'll tell you, the Raiders defense goes as Max Crosby goes. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just. I think so. I think you're right. Man. It doesn't I mean, take it's a genius. Like they don't have good players, but right. he clearly makes the biggest difference. Yeah, he he is that. You said it right. Difference maker right there on that Raiders defense. Again, talking right now with Eric Edholm from NFL.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Real quick, I wanted to go over the rest of the AFC West for the Broncos. You pick cornerback Pat Sertan as the non-quarterback MVP for the Broncos, and he's a young dude. How good do you think this guy could be? And on top of that, how much do you think Sean Payton might try to lean on the defense as he's trying to change that culture there in Denver this year? Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting point. I mean, you know, we think Sean Payton coming in, he's going to fix that offense and everything, and that that may be the case. I mean, obviously, Russell Wilson's, you know, we've seen MVP caliber play from him in the past, and last year, I'm sure the Denver's hoping was was an aberration and all that, but you know, the defense can 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 have a lot to say about whether the Broncos are truly an improved team or whether last year's one, you can just sort of throw out and say, yeah, they're, 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 they're not at the chiefs level, but they can, they can beat teams like the Raiders and chargers. And they're, you know, they're right in the sort of the thick of that, that second spot in the AFC West. I think if we say that it's because the defense has become a, you know, a good unit, a respectable group. And, and certain as I, I think among the, the, three or four young AFC corners who have tremendous upside. I mean, look, his sauce was tremendous in New York last year. I did not think he'd be that good right away. He may take a step back in year one, still a great player, Mm -hmm. but uh, I just, I think Pastor Tan is a, is as polished a pro at that position as we've seen for some young guy in a long time. And you know, is he truly elite, like Hall of Fame level? I don't. I'm not prepared to say anything like that yet. But right. and corner is a tough spot for a for a non QB MVP. I had to stretch a little on that one, but I think he means a lot to that group, and he just kind of closes down one side of the field for him. Right, exactly. And a, a great DB that could play like that. And he doesn't have to be a Hall of Famer right now. I mean, he just has to right. continue to be as solid as he is. And I like him. He's one of the best young corners in the in the game right now. For the Chargers, uh, you have uh, Slater, uh, the offensive lineman there. And, of course, he's a big-time offensive lineman. Uh, and they have, a new, they have a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, and he's very pass-happy. How much are they going to have to really lean on Slater uh, this upcoming year? Yeah, they missed him last year, and and that's not to take anything away from uh, Jamari Salyer, who stepped in fifth round pick and did a you know yeoman's job at, at left tackle. But you know they they were thin up front. I mean they had their starters, and if if any of them went down, it was trouble. So this is in theory should be the best offensive line, you know, health willing that that Justin Herbert's had in the NFL probably ever for that matter, and. You know, it's a big year for everybody. Yeah. Kellen Moore went from the darling coordinator to cast off in Dallas. You know, obviously Brandon Staley, I would think, is on the hot seat given yeah. the playoff uh, you know, meltdown and the expectations with it with a young star quarterback. And, you know, even Herbert has something to prove, too. I don't know what what's going on with this contract. Maybe there's an extension. Maybe they wait. But, 
Um, you know, he's a special player, but I think some people still feel like, you know, he's, he's, he's put up the great numbers, but is he a great quarterback? Is he in that, is he ready to do what Aaron Rodgers did in 2011? Is he ready to do what, you know, what those third and fourth year quarterbacks like Mahomes have done recent years? So I, that's why I think protecting Herbert is so important. And Rayshon Slater before the injury looked terrific, looked like a great, you know, inspired pick a young tackle to, to be the anchor there for a long time. I, I, I just feel like they're going to get that offensive line, right. And, and more and Herbert are going to do a lot to do with it, but yeah, maybe even more than Eckler, maybe even more than Keaton Allen or or any of those standbys they've had for, for four, four or five years now. Yeah, I think Kellen Moore is going to have Herbert throwing that ball around the yard a lot. I think everyone's going to be yeah. involved. You know, they got a lot of tall receivers, and Eckler can catch the ball really well out of the backfield, too. So that ball is going to be in the air early, and it'll be in the air often I agree. for the Chargers. So uh, we'll close things out with the Chiefs, and we mentioned this guy at the top, Travis Kelsey. I think that's a, a no-brainer, ultimate uh, you know security blanket for Patrick Mahomes, and then a lot more as long as you have Mahomes and Kelsey, you're going to win a lot of games. But how, I mean, how critical is Kelsey? Like what, what all does he bring to the table that maybe everyone doesn't pay attention to? Yeah. I mean, he's a jumbo wide receiver, not to say that he doesn't block. Of course he does. Wide receivers block too, right? Running backs block, et cetera. But you know, his, his receiving ability is his hallmark. And I had forgotten somebody posted on Twitter earlier today about the, the game against the Patriots back in 14, when he broke out, you think about it, boy, he's been doing this now for a decade. Wow. And yeah. last year, you know, arguably was how, if not his best year, his second or third at the worst. Right. I mean, I think he was special and to do that without Tyreek Hill. Now you could argue that, that Hill was, was, certainly taking catches away from Kelsey just as much as the opposite was true. But, you know, teams have, have all this, this tape on Kelsey. They can, they can pick multiple defenders to try to slow him down. And yet he still finds ways creatively through athleticism, through strength and tenacity to get open time after time when it's third and eight. I mean, you know where the ball's going, right? Right. Stop it. Right? Nobody does. <laughs> no, He's you can't. A monster, man. <laughs> I, I used to think Gronk was the best tight end I'd ever seen. I don't, and maybe he's the best two way tight end, but I don't know we've ever seen a better receiver at that position than Kelsey. I almost picked Chris Jones because of how important he is for that defense, but I, I felt like I'd be uh, cheating on my guy. You know, I was, I've always been a tight end guy to begin with, and, and Kelsey is. He's just different, man. He is. I'll tell you, and Raider Nation doesn't need to be known. I mean, they, they see him twice <laughs> a year, right? But the yeah. one game that still stands out to me the most, I mean, the guy had 25 yards receiving in the whole game, but he had four touchdowns. I mean, that tells you right. all you need to know. He was very happy, yes. <laughs> right. That tells you all you need to know. You hold a guy to 25 yeah. yards receiving, you're like, oh, that's great. What a fantastic day at the office. Until you see he had four touchdowns on top of that. Just incredible. <sighs> just you, yeah, you can you can quote unquote shut him down and also give up you know uh, twenty four points to him. So I right. mean that's that's he's special in the red zone. He's special in, in you know between the twenties and and you know, he, when you need him, he absolutely gets open and makes a play. And you know that thirteen second drive against the Bills doesn't happen without him you know right. being heads up and it just it just he's a smart guy too. Yeah, he really is, and he's a he's a, th- a thorn in the side of everybody in the AFC West and everybody in the AFC yeah. and the NFL in general. I mean, he's just that good of a player. Well, Eric, fantastic work, man. That piece that I mentioned, AFC non-quarterback MVPs, you put out one for the NFC as well. What else are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? 
Yeah, I've got some uh, training camp previews. You mentioned how close we are. I was working on AFC East, and I got the AFC North coming up too. And uh, yeah, just uh, trying to identify what the big storylines are, what kind of the pivotal points are for all these teams. And, you know, of course, we've got Aaron Rodgers, Josh yeah. Allen, and, uh, you know, Tua and Mac Jones, big quarterback division. The North is stacked too. I mean, so two pretty good uh you know, groups of teams to talk about. Yeah, and there's a lot of good, great quarterbacks in the AFC and not so many on the NFC, but it's just funny how, it's, how it's so top-heavy when it comes to quarterbacks, and they're all in the AFC conference. So you better, you better get your game ready because it's going to be a long day at the office each and every day out, no matter what division yes, you're playing. Well, Eric, fantastic stuff, as mentioned. Definitely appreciate you this afternoon, my man. I look forward to talking to you soon. Pleasure's mine. Happy to jump on anytime, man. Thank you. Eric Edholm right there, NFL.com, joining us, talking all things AFC non-quarterback MVPs, the conversation that we started last week, and uh, ultimately Eric was on vacation, but let me know that, hey, Q, we'll catch up on Monday if that works. And I said, does it work? Of course it works, and that's the reason why. The payoff is fantastic. Eric does a great job. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter at Eric underscore Edholm. That's E-D-H-O. LM and his work is all on NFL.com. Earlier in the show, you heard from Wendell. He won our New York trip. That was the Lotus Summer of Fun Week 2 action. Instead of taking the trip, he took the cash, $3,000. Well, we want to start getting folks uh, in to win again because apparently this show is a lucky show. So right now, we're going to get you registered. Matter of fact, we're going to do it twice before the show's over. And as you know, there's only 40 minutes left of the show. We're actually going to do it twice. So nice, we got to do it twice. 702-365-9200. Caller number nine right now. We're going to get you registered for a four-pack of tickets to the Aviators. You're not going to win the Aviator tickers off top. No, no, no. You're going to get registered for that. That's going to take you one step closer to the ultimate goal, which is getting registered for the trip. And the trip that we're doing this week is a really cool trip, really something to get excited about. It's a nice boat trip, as a matter of fact. A five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell, plus a $1,000 gift card for gas and food. Or, like Wendell, you could take the $3,000 cash if you end up winning that. But caller number nine, we're going to take that first step right now, 702-365-9200, 702-365-9200. Looking for caller number nine. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Lawrence out of the shotgun, an empty set on third and five. Ball on the left hash. Hasty in motion, left to right. Lawrence pitches to his running back. It's on the turf at the 30. And it's Max Crosby jumping on top of it. The Raiders say they have it, and they do. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. The Condor. There was a Condor sighting right there on that play. Max Crosby coming up with a big fumble recovery. And, again, Mad Max does everything, everything. Get to the quarterback, stop the run, block field goals, recover fumbles, cause fumbles. I mean, he just does everything that he possibly can in his ability. I cannot wait to see what he does this upcoming year. We've been talking a lot about reasons to be optimistic about this Raiders uh, upcoming season in 2023, which their first day of practice will be on the 26th. And the reason I even bring this up is because Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus put out a piece talking about reason for optimism for all 32 NFL teams. He talks about Sean Payton, talks about Kenny Pickett, talks about a lot. Well, when he gets to the Raiders, he says Derek Carr is out at quarterback, which some people might see as a good thing. But be careful what you wish for. This team still has strong passing weapons of Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, plus Josh Jacobs has become one of the best running backs in the league over the past two seasons. Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, 
Tom Brady or the ghost of Rich Gannon at quarterback, the Raiders will have some weapons to distribute the ball to. So that's Trevor Sikkim Pro Football Focus, basically talking about the offense is the reason to feel optimistic. So uh, we've been asking you at 69187, keyword r and of course, the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. we got cover three coming up in a matter of minutes. I do want to give a big shout-out to my man Darius. He got in to win the four-pack of tickets to the Aviators game. Now, what that means is he didn't win the Aviator tickets yet, but he's registered for them. That's the first step in the Lotus Summer of Fun. Just like Wendell got hooked up with that week two, oh, that week two trip to New York City, you either take the trip or you take the cash, it's all good. Wendell got registered on this show, and this is a sense of pride for me. I'm not going to lie. Whenever you have a company-wide contest, and not only do you get folks registered for it, they all of a sudden win that, that big grand prize and they came from your show, that's a sense of pride. And I remember when we got Wendell registered last week, and I know that he's a longtime listener of the show, and I love it. But to know that he won the grand prize and you heard him around 345, we uh, gave him a call and just talked about uh, you know, winning the, the ultimate prize, which is the Lotus Summer of Fun, take the trip or take the cash. Take $3,000 just for listening to the station? Like, literally, that's all he did. He listened to the station, he picked up the phone when we told him to call, and he's walking away with $3,000. That's awesome. I love it. So I want more people from this show and this station in general to, to win this prize. And obviously, as Wendell did, you can too. So shout out to my man Darius, who's the first one that we get registered this week. And we got another one of these coming before this show is even over. We're going to make sure one other person gets registered before the show is over. But I do want to get back to some texts and some calls. Again, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign, 69187, keyword R&R. Talking about trips. <laughs> My guy, Sir Whiskey Ray, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Talking about dream vacations. That was, another, that was another question that I threw out there since we're doing the Lotus Summer of Fun, sending folks on these trips. Where is the destination you'd like to go on a family vacation and why? And Sir Whiskey Ray said, our dream vacation was to take Q to Disneyland because it's the happiest play on, place on earth. This will fulfill many years of fantasy. Sincerely, Cheryl from Livermore and J-Lo. <laughs> So that's funny. That's Sir Whiskey Ray's been listening for a long time, brother. <laughs> if he can if he can reference J Lo and Cheryl from Livermore, he really got something going on. So shout out to my man Sir Whiskey Ray and quick backstory for anyone who doesn't know, Cheryl from Livermore was that one that uh me and my uh, my cousin that we call cousin, uh you know how we are growing up. You always got your cousins, right? Uh Chris we, uh, we took some bikes one night that wasn't ours, and uh, we decided that we were going to go visit some girls in a city that's like two or three cities away from actually where we lived. And so we rode our bikes all – well, we rode those bikes <laughs> to all the way to Livermore only to find out that Cheryl and her friend, cousin, whatever the case may be, were not able to get out of the house that night. So we ended up sleeping in a park. Uh, in there in Livermore because we couldn't get come home. He was staying at my house, and I was staying at his house. You know how that goes. Then our homeboy that lived in Livermore was like, oh, come over to our house. So we went to stay at his house. He's like, oh, Pops is tripping. You guys can't come in. So we were stuck a couple bros in Livermore when we probably didn't need to be a couple bros in Livermore, if you know what I'm talking about. It was not really the business, man. And so I learned right then that that was not a good idea. So, yeah. That's that story right there. As far as J-Lo, well, I mean, it's J-Lo. So, you know, I could, I could go ahead and throw that out there. So, Sir Whiskey Ray, thanks, thanks for that. That's funny. Definitely appreciate that. Robin Oakland hit us up talking about optimism for this year's Raiders team. He said, reasons for optimism? Second year in the same offensive and defensive systems and Dave Ziegler's draft picks and undrafted free agents have a year of experience at the Raiders facility to work out and study tape. For a family trip, I'd want to take everyone to Costa Rica if I'm solo, I'd want to go to Fiji or back to Croatia. 
Was that Puerto Rico song in the clubs by Frankie Cutlass? He had a few good songs on the Politics and BS album. That's Rob in Oakland. And thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. And that, no, Puerto Rico was uh, uh, Afro-Rican, all of Puerto Rico. Uh, what? Got to correct you on that. There might be a multiple versions, but the one I grabbed just so you know was actually Frankie Cutlass. Oh, so, was it really? So he's right, yes. Oh, okay, well, there you go. There you I go. was just going off where Sir Risky Ray said. So there you go. We got some great musical uh, references listening to the show. So that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, as far as going back to the optimism, the offensive-defensive systems, second year, I think that that's going to go a long way. And that's why my optimism was Max Crosby being in second year with Patrick Graham and his leadership on and off the field, what he brings to the table, but also understanding, you know, like I said, the second year with Patrick Graham, understanding what he wants, what he's expecting, his knowledge now of the – of, of how they want to go execute things, I think that that's going to go a long way. And, you know, again, my, my feeling is the offense is going to be fine as long as Jimmy G is healthy. The defense just needs to step their game up and really be able to complement what the offense could do. And when the offense can do it, then, you know, and when, if the defense can do that, then the offense, like I said, is going to be fine. I think they'll put up some really good numbers. So thank you so much for that, Rob. We definitely appreciate you. And, again, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Now, let's go ahead and jump into cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Let's do this. It's time for Q's Cover 3 NFL news and notes of the day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple quick notes that I wanted to get to. Of course, it's the offseason. It's a slow time of year, a couple weeks away from training camp getting started. Uh, but I had a couple that I wanted to pass along, including this one. The Jaguars sign ex-USFL tight end Josh Peterson. You're probably wondering, like, okay, what does that mean, Q? Well, Josh Peterson is the son of head coach Doug Peterson. He had 24 catches for 325 yards, no touchdowns during 10 games for the Gamblers. Again, from the USFL, he's 25 years old. He spent time in the league with the 49ers, the Saints, and most recently the Chiefs, who waived him in May of 2022. He's never played an official NFL game. But, Ari, I would say he's probably got a pretty good chance because he knows somebody on the, on the coaching staff, more importantly, the head coach and his pops, Doug Peterson. And he's in there. <laughs> he might be. That's a bad way to do business. It right? Is. <laughs> they no. always say don't do business with your family and friends because it always ends up bad. But but he could earn it. He could. Like, you know, it's what I, you do with the opportunity, whether it's deserved or not is, right. is the question. But. You know, the thing is, and I don't know because I don't, I've never been in this position before, but I always feel like it's probably harder than it looks on those guys, right? Because, you know, now that he's on the roster, now that he's been signed, everyone on that team is probably like, oh, he got signed because he's his, his yep. son. Right? So I feel like the pressure is higher for him to go out there and perform and show why he's on, you know, they put him on the roster. But then you just never know what the mentality of that, that coach or that coaching staff is. Like, if he all of a sudden makes a roster and he ain't worth the salt, then, well, that's on them. Right? I mean, that's on the Jaguars. So I don't, you know, so I know some people will probably get mad and say, oh, he's taking up a roster spot. Look, if he takes up a roster spot on that squad, then that's that squad's fault. And Doug Peterson is a Super Bowl winning coach. So I figure he'll probably be pretty fair. Again, it's only training camp, so it's 90 men. So, you know, he's really got – I think he'd have to earn that 53-man roster, but we'll see. Maybe he'll make a practice squad. Who knows? But right now, he's part of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought this was a pretty cool note from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they have set up uh, a couple players that they're going to introduce and, and induct into the Panthers' ring of honor. That's Julius Peppers and Musin Muhammad. And those are two really, really good players, especially Peppers. Man. I mean, they're both really good players. It's going to happen against the Texans on October 29th. That's week eight of the 2023 season. But Peppers – you want to talk about a dominant dude, and I don't think enough people really realize how dominant Peppers was and how 
how good even like I think he could have even been better. I feel like he almost was before his time just because he was so stinking athletic. I mean, this is a dude that can play basketball. This is a dude that can rush the passers, a dude that can catch passes. I mean, I don't think that there was a thing out there that, that Julius Peppers could not do. He was Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2002. Uh, he didn't slow down. He played 10 of his 17 NFL seasons in Carolina, named to five Pro Bowls, nine in his career, two first-team All-Pros with the Panthers, led or, team, led or tied for the team lead in sacks seven times, finished his career. You want to hear this, Ari? He finished his career with 159 and a half sacks. 159 and a half! <laughs> if that's not screaming HOFer, I don't know what does. Again, I think that so many people really don't realize how good Julius Peppers really was. 159 and a half sacks? Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's, a, that's a million a sack, just so we're clear, because I happen to stumble upon he's made 159 million in his career. That's not a bad living. Right? I wish I'd make a million dollars a show. I'd be loaded. <laughs> How about we could take a couple zeros off of that and it still sounds great no, to me. Let's no, just, let's just go for a million. We're add, be greedy, a couple, let's be greedy. Let's be greedy. Ten million a show. Why not? I'm just saying. I'm sorry. He owns a team record for sacks, which is 97, multi-sack games, 23, forced fumbles, 34, and blocked field goals, nine. Nine blocked field goals in his career. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, again, if that's not an hof or I don't know what is, right? And so they're putting him into the Panthers' ring of honor, as they very well should. Also, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to Muhammad, he spent 11 of his 14 seasons with the Panthers, earning 9,255 yards and 50 touchdowns on 696 catches in Carolina. Again, another player that I don't think a lot of people recognize how stinking good he was. I mean, think about that. Almost, well, almost 9,300 yards and 50 touchdowns with an organization. And, I, I, you know – Free agency is so, you know, rampant now. You know, even it's, it's, it's so much more and more each and every year. But for a player to be with the team long enough to record 50 touchdowns and 696 catches and almost 9,300 yards, that's saying something right there. Uh, he also led the Panthers to receptions four times, set club records with 102 catches in 2000, 1,405 yards in 2004. Uh, both records have been broken since, but of course the league has become a lot more of a passing league. He became the first player in club history to produce 2,000-yard seasons, and the wideout currently ranks second in club history in catches, receiving yards, touchdown catches, and 100-yard receiving games. Muhammad was also the Panthers' Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee in 99 and 2008. So tip of the cap to uh, uh, both Muhammad and Peppers from the Carolina Panthers, both going into the Panthers' ring of honor. Also going on with Cover 3 NFL news and notes of the day here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Broncos running back Javante Williams says he's going to be ready to go for training camp. If you remember, he's coming back from that torn ACL. When that dude was a rookie for the Broncos, he was a dude. In 2021, he had 1,219 scrimmage yards, 903 rushing yards, and seven total touchdowns. And he's not the biggest dude. He's not, but he's still a physical runner. He's a really good receiver out of the backfield. Uh, but then in 2022, after he got injured, and matter of fact, Coincidentally enough, he got injured, tore his ACL week four against the Raiders. He only had 280 scrimmage yards and no touchdowns in three-plus games before he was injured again. That injury came in week four against the Raiders. So uh, Javante Williams, he was at a camp over the weekend. Matter of fact, Pat Sertan's camp and uh, basically said that he feels like he's on track for the beginning of training camp. And, of course, Sean Payton's there in Denver trying to get things turned around, change that culture. It'd be nice to have a really good running back like that, a guy that, again, uh, his rookie year, 1,219 scrimmage yards, uh, not just over 900 rushing and seven total touchdowns. And remember, 
he wasn't even the feature back for a lot of the season. I remember doing previews of, of like, the Broncos when they were coming up on the schedule, and I'd ask every single beat writer we're talking to, why isn't Javante Williams even getting the ball more? And they all said the same thing. They have no idea. They had no idea. They just had, you know, guys, they, were, they had running backs that they were trying to do as a, as a committee, and instead of just continuing to feed them, feed them, feed them, they, uh, they went away. But, again, he tore his ACL in week four against the Raiders. So, it sounds like Javante Williams is on his way back. And one more little uh, nugget here for Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. And this one, to me, and it's been floating around for a couple days. I saw it over the weekend and thought it was pretty funny. Richard Sherman, who is not currently retired yet in the NFL, says that 2021 was probably his last season in the league. He's part of Amazon Prime's uh, Thursday Night Football coverage. He did that last year, and he didn't retire. He did not announce his retirement then. He hasn't retired yet formally now, but all the writing is on the wall, and he was part of an interview uh, with Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson, and Sherman said that he was trying to cover Devontae Smith from the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, he basically heard a snap and admitted to himself that 2021 was likely his last season. What does he mean by that? He said, Devontae must have ran this comeback, and I had him under control. You know what I mean? I was like, bang, quick jam, easy, got him under control. He must have stopped, and I tried to stop, and he said my whole groin said, snap, 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 snap. I said, oh, whoa, oh, whoa. And then you're trying to guard him. You're like chasing him like a rail. Please don't throw the ball. Please don't throw the ball. And then he said the coach was looking at him on the sidelines like, you want to come out? And he's like, yeah, I want to, but they're in a hurry up. So I'm like bailing out at that moment. He's like, yeah, that's probably the last year. Uh, he said he can't do it with the young dudes anymore. But I just think it's so open and honest for a guy that played corner at the level that Richard Sherman played to basically say a young cat ran him out the league. You know, he said that, hey, man, that body, his groin said snap, 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 snap. And he was like, oh, no. What am I? I felt like I felt like the scene in Friday where uh, where uh, Debo's like, "You want some of me too, old man?" No. <laughs> what are you down here messing with these uh these fine folks for, man? Get your ass in the car, right? It's just like that's that's what I could think of when Richard Sermon's like, "I don't know what I'm out here chasing these young cats around for." <laughs> I thought that was funny. So there's that. But, uh, yeah, so Richard Sherman's probably seen the field for the last time, but that's all right. Uh, he played, obviously, a long time, did a lot, lot of great things on the field, predominantly with the, the Legion of Boom, now part of the Amazon Prime Thursday night football coverage. But done deal. Devontae Smith sent him, sent him to that place where cornerbacks uh, go to retire. Like, all right, you might not be officially retired, old man, but you're officially retired, old man. So there you go, Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. We'd just like to get you caught up on the world of uh, the National Football League and what's going on as we get ready uh, for two weeks from now when training camp opens up the first day of practice for the Raiders is coming up on July 26. Real quick, we did it once, got Darius in to win. Let's do it again. Uh, caller number nine, we'll run it back, 702-365-9200. We want to get you registered. We want to get you in to win the four-pack of tickets to go see the LV Aviators. Uh, if you get those four-pack of tickets, then – you'll get one step closer to that trip. The Lotus Summer of Fun, the five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell, $1,000 gift card for gas and food. If you don't want that, you can take $3,000 cash just like Wendell did. You want to get in to win that? Go ahead. Hit us up right now. Call number 9, 702-365-9200. Ari is standing by in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. We'll come back. We'll let you know how you can win some money on the Home Run Derby that's kicking off in about eh, 17 minutes from now on ESPN. Plus, Ari's going to let us know what national day of the year it is. All that as we close out the show here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 
shout out to my man Julian. He got registered for the four tickets to Aviators game, which more importantly gets him one step closer to the Lotus Summer of Fun Week 3, the five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell, plus a $1,000 gift card for gas and food. If he doesn't want that, mess around and win and take the $3,000 cash. It's your option. Take the trip, take the cash. <laughs> it's all good, and we're doing it company-wide here with Lotus Broadcasting. But as heard earlier, it's, it's a pretty good chance that you win when you get registered on this show. Just saying. I mean, hey, look, the numbers are there. I can't go against the numbers, right? Two weeks in, one winner came out of this show, and that's company-wide. So I'm just saying, got a little good mojo going when it comes to Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. So, Julian, we appreciate you listening. Darius, who got registered earlier, we appreciate you. Wendell, who won, we appreciate you. And everyone else who takes the time to chime in, uh, either by way of phone lines, uh, the text line, if you tweet in, whatever the case may be, if you spend any part of your day listening to my knucklehead self and Ari's knucklehead self, we appreciate you because that goes a long way. It means a whole lot to us. So thank you so much. We, uh, like I said, we appreciate you. Let's go to the don'tbebroke.com text line real quick before you hear from Jack Bond from Locked On Bets, ParamountSports.com, talking about tonight's home run derby that will start in about 11 minutes. So want to go ahead and get you the information that you need. But Robin Oakland said, Q, on Saturday, a national sports talk host did his remote show from Las Vegas and then thanked Jared Justice for getting everything set up. I just wanted to pass that along. Yeah, uh, Rob, thank you so much for that text. That was um, Jonas Knox. Uh, from Fox Sports uh, National. And, yeah, they were using our, our, our studios uh, here in, in Vegas. And the reason is because Summer League is going on. And, like, tomorrow we'll have uh, some guys doing uh, their radio shows from our studios that are from Sacramento. It's just because we're in Vegas and there's so much going on and guys go out to cover cover different, uh, you know, events that they need a, a hub or a home studio to be able to to use your, uh, you know, use the studios. And so uh, that's really cool that we're able to do that. We're not able to do it all the time, but that worked out on Saturday. You know, I always think when I'm on the road, uh, I, I need to get somebody to let me use their studios because most of the time I'm doing the show from the house or whatever Airbnb I'm at or whatever the location is. But a lot of times a lot of these uh, stations don't have the, the room that we have here at, at Lotus Broadcasting. So, again, that's another one of our – fantastic features that we have and another reason i love working for this company because uh like i said we're in the center of everything and we we're so we're able to accommodate uh, a lot of folks out there so yeah that's a good observation uh also alan hit us up from the 209 hey q it'll be me you jess jason and damon in cancun for a week that's from alan i like it i like it let's do it cancun that's what half the teams in the league say when it gets like the last weeks of the season the last two weeks one two three cancun so I'm ready to do it. I'm good with that. One, two, three, Cancun. How can you get to Cancun? Well, sometimes you might need some money. So if you're trying to win some money, I do this show each and every morning, Locked On Bets, part of the uh, Locked On Podcast Network. I do a lot, lot of shows, Locked On Raiders, Locked On Bets, Locked On NFL. Uh, I'm just locked on everything, right? So uh, my guy Jack Bond, who uh, is filling in for Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com, uh, had a play today on the Home Run Derby, and a guy, we call it Bet a Little, Win a Lot, a guy that is plus 1,800 to win the whole thing but has a real deal chance of winning it check it out so uh, here we go let's talk about the home run derby and Mookie Betts who's participating in it and I actually heard that he's participating in it because his wife urged him to do it she said you've done everything else you might as well go ahead and be a part of the home run derby so we're going to talk about him and the potential of him winning the home run derby and remember Mookie Betts so far in the season 26 home runs FanDuel.com line on this one Mookie Betts to win the home run derby plus 1800 Jack break this one down for us 
Well, I, I have to give a shout out to Mookie Betts. He's one of the most talented athletes in professional sports. We all know he's a fantastic athlete in other sports. He's a big soccer player. He's a big bowler. My claim to fame personally is that I struck him out in fourth or fifth grade when I was growing up here in Nashville. And of course, he he went on to hit two more homers against me later in the same game. But I did get my one strikeout against him. Now, now that he's in Major League Baseball, there's a couple things to keep in mind with this home run derby. The first is that it's a bracketed system, just like March Madness or any other tournament you see in professional sports. And that's important to know because Mookie Betts does have to face off against Vlad Guerrero in the first round, who's had a, a strong appearance in his one lone home run derby in 2019. That's a tough opponent. But who Betts is avoiding is almost as important as who's he's, who he's facing here. You've got Luis Robert, Randy Arena, Adolis Garcia on the other side of the bracket. And those are some of the strongest competitors in this whole bracket. And he's avoiding those. And he, they can all win that their own side of the bracket. They can all compete there. But Betts, once he gets past Guerrero, if he can get past Guerrero, is a solid bet on his side of the bracket. For Betts, it's not about size and swing strength. It's about his efficiency. He's only 5'9 and 180 pounds, but he ranks in the 92nd percentile in average exit velocity, 97th percentile in expected slugging percentage, and 87th percentile in hard hit rate. Those are all in the top three or four among all competitors in this derby. He has 26 home runs, too. That's third in all of baseball. It's not as if this guy just snuck in on his name recognition despite a small or a slow power season. He's been hitting balls out of the park all year. He's getting his hitting coach as well, and first base coach to pitch to him to, in this matchup as well. And he obviously has the continu- continuity of seeing those tosses every day in batting practice before games. One other thing that's important to know is that the wind is blowing out to left center field in Seattle for this derby. That's a huge advantage for right-handed hitters over the one or two lefties in the derby. If you're giving me the guy with the third most home runs in baseball at plus 1,800 tonight, second longest odds of any competitor, and we know how much of a competitor he is, I'm taking it. Give me Mookie Betts to win the home run derby at plus 1,800. Bet a little, win a whole lot. Boom, there it is right there. And again, plus 1,800. Great money right there. Great, great, great value, as they like to say, right? So uh, go ahead. You got a few minutes to make your bet if you want to. Bets versus Vlad is the first round of the home run derby. So many thanks to Jack Bond for that. And Ari, I'm going to let you close out the show. All right. We're going to make this quick. It's the most overrated drink ever. Today is National Pina Colada Day. Ah, yeah. You know, and you wouldn't give a damn if it weren't for the song because that drink is just meh. I know maybe the ladies like it. It's easy to drink. I don't even but, think the ladies like pina right? coladas. Wife, you like pina coladas? Do you like pina coladas? <laughs> oh, never mind. Uh, she said uh, yes. <laughs> well, My bad. <laughs> well, then you know how you're celebrating. You better go pour up. Right, pour, pour it up, pour it up. What did Rihanna do? And remember to drink responsibly and never drink and drive. That part I like. So. There you go. I agree 100%. Fantastic work, Ari. We definitely appreciate you. Appreciate everyone. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great evening.